And good morning, everyone. It's great to see you all. I hope you had a lovely holiday or you're still enjoying the summer and praying for those who still uh, are away this weekend. Uh, just thanking God for everything he, He's given us and the lovely sunshine we had. Well, maybe too hot in some places, but uh, still with thankful hearts. So today, I thought we're going to stop and meditate and think about joy, having joy in the Lord. As we remember, one of the previous messages was how we can bring joy to our God, the Father. And the summary of that was that God, as our Father in heaven, really, we really bring him joy when we are just fulfilled in this life with his word, with following him. That we are happy in the Lord. That's how we make God um, happy and bring him joy. And you remember the motto we had in the previous message from Zephaniah's chapter 3, verse 17, a lovely verse. It says, The Lord your God is in your midst. The Mighty One will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. That was the verse from the previous message. How lovely is that to know that the Lord is in our midst this morning. And he wants us to learn about his plans for our lives. And today, reflecting on how we can maintain a joyful attitude in the Lord, despite the busyness of life. I mean, we came back from holiday about two weeks ago, and so many things to do, as you know, with the move. And I'm sure the church, the fellowship, was really busy with the manse and so many things to sort out and so many things to do. Uh, you know, bills to pay and things to resolve and get them done. How can we maintain our joy in the Lord, in the business of, the business of life? You know, waking up in the morning, as we know, thinking of your schedule for the day, planning ahead, and then thinking of children, they're on holiday now, but thinking of children, planning them from school, getting them ready, then thinking what you're going to have for breakfast, lunch and dinner, the stuff you have to sort in the house, in your own house, and then obviously things to do in the manse, all that kind of business of life that we all know about. Or maybe thinking of your sick parent or relative in the hospital that you need to go and visit them. Hearing the news around the world, the sad news and everything that's going on, worries about, you know, cost of living and so on. So how can we maintain, maintain the joy in the Lord, given that so many things are competing in our lives. And I read briefly, preparing for this message, which is for me as well, um, in the business of life that uh, we're going through, we have to maintain the joy in the Lord. I read about the World Happiness Report, ranking countries about the um, people's happiness, uh, using Gallup World Pool, I think it's like an independent pool, and um, interesting to find out, the top five happiest countries are Finland, Denmark, Iceland, Israel, and Netherlands. I don't know what those people are doing to be so happy, but anyway. UK is in the 19th place, and USA the 15th place. So just something to, to think about. But to clarify this message, I'm not referring to the joy brought about you know, when things are going our way, when you are successful in a job, when 
maybe you're getting engaged. No names here. But, you know, it, it's not, not that joy when, you know, things are just planning out as, exactly as you wanted and maybe, you know, you have an increase in your income and things are going well. You maybe change the car and everything like that. That's good. You know, God is blessing us through those things. But this morning, I want to focus on the joy that comes spiritually as a gift from God, regardless of our circumstances in our lives. So I want to talk about this spiritual gift from God, joy that comes from the fact that we are following him, joy that comes from knowing our Lord Jesus, knowing that we are saved, that we are forgiven, that joy, that inner Peace, if you like, that joy that comes through our um, life in our Lord Jesus Christ. So the question to ask ourselves today, is it in my relationship with God? Am I relying on material things to have that joy, health, and worldly happiness? Which, as I said, are good things if taken with a thankful heart. They are blessing from the Lord. Or is it my strength based on the joy in the Lord of who I am in him, what, of what he's done for me on the cross, joy of knowing him? So let's bear that question in mind. Someone counted how many times the word joy is in the Old Testament. You know, you're thinking that Old Testament is a bit more like talking about God's judgment and his works through the people and, and the miracles and so on. And they found that the word joy in the Old Testament is found about 93 times. You can go about and check if you like. I didn't, but, you know, if you want to spend some time checking. And I was struck by this. It means that from the beginning, God our Father intended for his people to have joyful lives. You know, following and knowing God means joyful lives we should live. So I want to focus this morning on two aspects, like what are the dangers of our lack of joy in the Lord in our lives? And I had a lot here, so I thought, let's stop at three this morning, and maybe we carry on next Sunday when I'm also due to speak with a a part two of this message, uh, linking the two parts together. So first, we're going to look at three dangers in our lives due to lack of joy in the Lord. And then we're going to look at three ways of how we can regain that joy, if somehow we've lost it. So the first danger I was thinking of is that when we, when we lose our joy in the Lord, it is very easy for us to be tempted by the evil. So let's bear that in mind. When we're losing our joy in the Lord, it's very easy to be tempted by the evil one. You know, lack of joy in someone's lives represents a spiritual danger, but not just a spiritual danger, a health and safety danger, if you like, a mental health danger, if you like, because the lack of joy, the, the sadness in someone's life brings about lots of other sufferings. And when someone is sad and unhappy, it's very easy to be tempted by sin, you know, thinking that doing something outside the will of God, if you like, will bring us some sort of happiness and fulfillment, some satisfaction. And that's where the evil one is specialist about deceiving us and saying, you know what, 
You can be happy outside God. You can look at this world. You know, you can try a bit of this. You can have a bit of that or have a lot of that. Outside marriage is more exciting. You know, all those things that are coming towards us, tempting people. And that's how some people become, you know, trapped in addictions and other things in their lives. And the evil one's purpose is to steal our joy in the Lord. And if he does that, the battle is kind of lost, you know. His objective is for you to have no joy in the purposes of God, in following his principles, in following his plans for you. It's to make maybe the younger generations thinking, God's principles are kind of old-fashioned things. Look at the world around us. So many things we can try, so many things, so many opportunities that I can have a fulfilled life. You see, it's very easy to fall for that when you don't have joy in the Lord. Even if you think of our families, you know, if you lose, if you lose your joy in your family, it all because becomes sad and gloomy, isn't it? And just to remember that the lack of joy in our life is what makes someone not as attractive to your spouse, isn't it? That lack of joy, that lack of spontaneity, that lack of passion in our family lives, it's what makes us unattractive, isn't it? Because you want to sort of have fun with each other, if you like, to enjoy life with each other. So let's bear that in mind. And of course, the evil one, that's where he's attacking families and our well-being. So let's seek that joy that comes from the Lord in our family lives, in our life with the Lord. And you know, during my 23 years as a Christian, I spoke with lots of other people, and it, this is like a pattern. When someone loses his joy in the Lord, it's, it's all like you know, becoming easier to be tempted. And I see that in my life. When my joy in the Lord like, kind of fades away, I'm easily to be you know, in my weaknesses or become angrier and uh, upset on other people. That's where my weaknesses are coming about again. So you see Christians struggling in their lives, and then you have that discussion, and you can immediately see their joy in the Lord. It's very low. It's at a very low level when these things happen. So let's learn this morning the level of joy in your, in your life, in my life, is like a fire alarm in our houses. When the level of joy goes down a bit in my life, in the Lord, let's take that as a signal, as a trigger, as a fire alarm. I need to do something about it. I need to stop and think what is going on between me and God. What is going on between my relationship and um, our Lord Jesus? And um, it's amazing to see Jesus' fantastic sense of observation, if you like. He looked at the religious people around him at that time, and you think, you know, those people are serious about their religion, serious about their laws, and, uh, you know, very sort of uh, people keeping the law and following the Lord. And you'd expect Jesus to have some nice words about them. But actually, Jesus so many times says, what? What's going on with you guys? And then you look at Jesus' looking at children, little children, and you'd expect for Jesus to see, well, these, these little children, they're just, you know, they're a barrier in my mission. 
they distracting me from my, what, I'm, what I have to say to people. But he looked at the children in their joyful way of living, you know, their excitement of seeing something small and colorful, their excitement of seeing a little bug and following its trace. The children, how they're laughing at each other for no reason. Quite noisy sometimes, isn't it? And you expect Jesus to say something about that, but actually he goes back and says in Matthew chapter 18, verse 1 to 3, at the time the disciples came to Jesus and asked, who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And he called a little child to him and placed the child among them. And he said, truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Why would he say that? Because children truly know how to be joyful, don't they? So Lord Jesus is saying here, become like children. Enjoy the life with me. Enjoy the life I've given you. Live the life to the fullness that I give you. Isn't it? So let's learn. Are we ready to say, dear Father, make me like a child. Joyful like a child. Ready to forgive like a child ready to uh, empower my life and follow you with a joyful heart. So that was the first danger. The second danger that can happen in our lives, losing our joy, is that without joy, our ministry for the Lord becomes like a, an obligation, isn't it? Without a joyful heart, our works for the Lord becomes like an obligation. And I'm conscious this may be a danger for ministers as well. So stepping up into ministry, as you know, um, please, if you see me over time that I'm losing my joy somehow, tap me on my shoulder and say, mate, where, where has all the joy has gone? Yeah? So, oh, sorry, this is recorded, by the way, so feel free to do that later on. Because I've learned that when you serve the Lord with joy, with passion, you are you have great satisfaction from what you're doing, regardless of the ministry for the Lord. When we do the work for God with passion, with desire of doing good, that's when we are fulfilled in our ministry. That's what gives us joy. But when we lose our joy, isn't it? It's like a burnout. So that's why sometimes we all need some breaks from what we're doing. Even we, we remember Lord, the Lord Jesus needed breaks from the crowds, and he spent time alone with his father to recharge his batteries and carrying on serving the Lord and doing his will um, on, on the earth. So when someone loses his joy, that means their work for the Lord is not worship anymore. It becomes like a mechanical job, isn't it, in our hearts? Maybe so many people are serving the Lord for the wrong reasons, we can think. Remember the parable of the talents when God gave those people great talents. And what did the last one did with his talent? He just buried in the ground. Lack of joy, lack of challenge in his life. Not trying even to you know, practice the gift that God gave him. A relationship based on fear. And God wants from us a relationship based on love and trust and joy. Amen? Help us, Lord. Or maybe if we think of the parable of the prodigal son, we sometimes we're focusing on the first son who went away. 
But if we look at the oldest son who stayed at home, the brother who stayed at home, he had everything, and yet he wasn't happy. If we look at uh, Luke chapter 15, verse 22, when the prodigal son came back home, and the father was so excited, full of joy, my son that was lost finally came back. What was the reaction of the oldest brother? Let's read. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours, who has squandered your property with prostitutes, come home, comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me, and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad, because this brother of yours was dead, and he is alive again. He was lost, and he is found. Are we not like that sometimes? Maybe in our lives we have everything from the Lord. Forgiveness, a faith to follow, his word, his love. Everything he's done for us on the cross. And yet maybe I'm not happy because I don't have a smartwatch. I don't have a smartwatch, by the way. You know, like the son in the house, he had everything. He was there with his father. Everything was at his, you know, reaching out and grab it. But yet he has lost what? The most important thing. He has lost his joy in the Lord. I read about George Mueller. As you know, he was an evangelist and uh, an orphanage director here in England. He's famous for his tremendous faith. And it says that he cared, his and his staff cared for about 10,000 orphans during his ministry. And... Joy was Mueller's first priority each day. I was so, that was so interesting to find, out, to find out. In one of his devotionals, he said, I saw more clearly that ever that, I saw more clearly that ever that the first great and primary business to which I ought to attend every day was to have my soul happy in the Lord. The first thing to be concerned about was not how much I might serve the Lord, but how I might get my soul into a happy state and how the inner life might be nourished. That was his priority. And when we have that joy in the Lord, our ministry for him is full of satisfaction, is full of the fulfillment that we, you know, we are useful to God's purposes and to his kingdom. And every job in the house of the Lord here, as we mentioned before, it's as important from cleaning, setting up breakfast, setting up chairs, finances, admin, everything, clubs, all the things we're doing here. It's so important. But we have to learn to do everything full of joy. And simple things like when setting up the chairs, just to say a little prayer, you know, grab a chair. Dear Lord, please bless this person who's going to sit on this chair. Or maybe setting up the cups. Dear Lord, please bless this person that will drink from the cup I just put on the table. Making teas and coffees, as Jackie mentioned. Dear Lord, bless the person who will drink from this tea and drink from this coffee. You see the attitude of doing it for the love of God, for a joyful heart in everything we do does matter. 
you know, does matter. And we are also grateful and joyful for the hard work that has been put in the months. Too much work. And we're very, very grateful for that. And joyful hearts, I have to say, for these things. But we need to think how many times as Christians maybe we're losing that, that joy, that passion. So let's go back to it and gain the joy and the passion of serving the Lord in the little jobs, in the little ministries um, that we think sometimes are insignificant, but they are of much importance. The last danger for this morning that we can reflect on and is linked to the point before is that the lack of joy can make us become lukewarm Christians. In Revelation chapter 3, verses 14, 17, there is a warning there. It says to the angel of the church in Laodicea, write, I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor hot, I am about to spit you out of my mouth. You say, I am rich, I have acquired wealth. I do not need a thing, but you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. And this passage describes people who are so confident in themselves. They are so arrogant, if you like, about their personal achievements, about their wealth and about their success. They're seeing themselves, themselves about other people. And they say, I don't need God, really. I am amazing the way I am. I did great things. That's what the passage talks about. Our independence, if you like, people independence, running away from God. And I was thinking, this is funny, it's like a baby in, the, in his mother's womb, floating around and saying, look, mom, I'm independent, I can do whatever I want. Forgetting that his entire existence is dependent on his mother. Umbilical cord, yeah? Forgetting that. And we are forgetting sometimes as people, our entire existence depends on God. The air we breathe, you know, take a deep breath and thank God for the air we breathe in, for the water, for the things that he blessed us with. Everything in our lives is from the Lord. And it's so easy without that joy to become like a lukewarm Christian described there in the passage. People not interested in the life of the church, in the kingdom of God becoming detached from, from the ministry and so on. Well, we should be so excited when we see new people coming out through those doors, you know, and just full of joy that we see another person coming and seeking the Lord. Give them a smile, an encouragement, a welcome, a well, warm welcome, as the son who stayed at home should have done with his brother. God wants us from us to have that joy of seeing people seeking the Lord, whatever they are in their journey. So let's prepare our hearts, our lives, for this church to become a place of joy, a place of people being joyful, seeing one another, encouraging one another. So now let's focus on the three aspects of how we can regain the joy that maybe we, we're losing sometimes, or Maybe it's a low level of joy in our life for various reasons. So first point here is to remember the real joy is produced by the Holy Spirit and therefore 
can always be regained. If it was in our powers, this joy, we couldn't have done it. And let's read in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. It says here, but the fruit of the Spirit is love. And what is second? Joy. You see? And the others follow. The fruits of the Spirit is love, joy. This morning we're talking about joy. So in Galatians chapter 5, verse 25, it says, Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. If we link the verses together, if we're lacking in joy, that means in a way we're not in step with the Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit always wants us to have joy in following the Lord. You see the connection there? So let us follow in step with the Spirit. If we don't have joy, let's ask again. Let's go back to the source and ask the loving God to give us that joy again. It's the work of the Holy Spirit in us that produces that joy. And we see time and time again in the Scripture, people encountering uh, Jesus, meeting Jesus. They always seem to like leaving we're full of joy. You remember the Ethiopian we talk about that Philip met. After he got baptized, he was worried in his uh, chariot, you know. And then he got baptized. And the scripture says, he went on his way full of joy. The Samaritan woman who met Jesus at the will, he was, she was, you know, running away from people at a time when she shouldn't supposed to be there, but just hiding away from people. She met Jesus. And guess what? She goes back to her village in front of all those people testifying of what Jesus did to her. So we see all over and all over again, us staying with the Lord produces joy, his joy, a joy that can, he can give us through the Holy Spirit. And it's important to consider and pray for our lives to understand if there is anything in our lives that is blocking that joy that flows from the Holy Spirit. Asking the Lord sincerely and with an open heart, Lord, is there anything in me, in my life, in my thinking, that is blocking this flow, this river of joy from the Holy Spirit? And to ask, dear Lord, today, help me to identify that blockage and give it back to you. Bring forgiveness in my life. Take away that barrier and just let the Holy Spirit fill me with that joy that joy of deep delight about your identity in Christ, that joy of salvation, of loving Jesus and knowing Jesus. And such joy cannot be lost, regardless of our circumstances. Even in deep distress, you have that assurance that Jesus is there for you. The second point, how we can regain that joy, Joy fills our hearts when we remember the good things that God has done for us. And this is such a simple thing to do. David says in Psalm 126, verse 3, The Lord has done great things for us, and we are filled with joy. Has not God done great things for us as a church? Has not God done great things for us as individuals, as families? Are you keeping a list or a journal with the blessings of God for your life? I would encourage you to do so. I have a list. And you know what is amazing? That you look over things years ago, and when you reflect on them now, you're thinking, you know what? That means much more now 
than it was be, uh, at that time. Because one blessing from God, one answer to prayer, one thing that he blessed you years ago, maybe that expanded in your life or in other people's lives. Well, you so easy forget what God has done for you. Remember that time maybe when he brought healing in your life on someone in your family. That time when he answered your prayers. That time maybe when you struggled for a job and he was there to, to help you. So I'll encourage you to have a list for the blessings of God in your life. And you can go back in time and write them down. And it's so good when you're going through tougher times. You know, you go back to that list and you find that reassurance. It may be a bit darker now, but I know God worked in my life. I know God was there for me and he's there for me now. And also... Remembering people in our lives. In Philippians chapter 1, verse 3, 5, Apostle Paul says here, I thank my God every time I remember you. He says about the people in Philippians. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. I have to say, when I saw this, I always pray with joy. That's something... I think I'm lacking sometimes. And maybe we as a church, we're lacking some To pray with joy, you know. This is something I need to improve, especially as a minister now, right? You agree? So I'm glad that one day we'll start meeting in person for prayer that Lucy and Jackie will lead on. We need to start praying with joy. We need to see prayer, to start seeing prayer, not as, a, as another addition on our to-do list, on our full busy you know, life and day. Paul here says, I always pray with joy. Let's pray this morning that God will help us to pray with joy for one another, for the church, for the you know, works we have to do as a church and going forward. Praying with joy is the key of serving the Lord. You know, many things may happen in our lives that bring us joy. Even having a minister maybe brings us joy, all of us or some of us. But our main joy should be focused in the Lord all the time. He is the source of joy. He is the one who can give us that joy. And the last point for this morning, and I try to be short, is that staying close with Jesus, obeying him, obeying his advice for our lives, it was really what brings us joy. And he says, Jesus says in John 15, 9, 11, As the Father hath loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. We see there. Jesus' joy in our lives is what makes our joy complete. In other words, you don't need anything else, really. Jesus' joy in our lives is what makes our joy complete. So the joy we have in Lord Jesus goes beyond the circumstances of life. And things that are happening in our lives that are tough, maybe we don't understand them now. For example, maybe I've said this before, I failed my first exam to university back in my uh, you know, younger years. Uh, but I failed, and I was so sad about that. But if I didn't fail, I wouldn't have met Ramona, because I had a little job where I met her after that failure. And I, you know, I entered the university the next year. 
So sometimes God can make like little loops in our lives that we don't understand. Isn't that amazing? So let's trust today in the Lord that his joy in us, his joy, his presence in our lives is what makes our joy complete. And Nehemiah knew this. He says, Nehemiah chapter 8, 10, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. We have a song about this, don't we? And then I'll end up with this scripture, Philippians chapter 4, verses 4, 7. Here, Apostle Paul goes a step forward and says, rejoice. Not just have joy. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts, your minds, in Jesus Christ. Amen. We will have part two next Sunday, so uh, stay tuned, as they say. If you could make it next Sunday, I will have a second part of this message, because it's a lot in here, isn't it? It's a lot in here for us to take and to thank God for. So I'll just pray that God, our Father, will bless us all today. If somehow maybe we've lost our joy in the Lord, may his Holy Spirit fill our hearts and lives again today with that joy that is a miracle, is beyond this world. And I pray that the Holy Spirit will fill us all with joy. And if anyone needs prayer after the service or now, we will be here, anyone in the leadership team. Let's pray. Don't leave this place without joy from God in your heart. Amen? Amen. God bless us all.